Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Buy one, get one for a dollar. Deal. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Get a delicious McDouble, tasty small fries, savory four-piece chicken McNuggets, or a flavorful hot and spicy McChicken. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Any way you choose, you can't lose. Only at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. Buy one, get one for a dollar. Deal. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Get a delicious McDouble, tasty small fries, savory four-piece chicken McNuggets, or a flavorful hot and spicy McChicken. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Any way you choose, you can't lose. Only at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. Peacock is streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals, and every live WWE pay-per-view. It's The Office, Chrisley Knows Best, and Peacock original shows like Funky Brewster. Peacock, watch for free, upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. You hear the music. Hello, everybody. I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to the season finale of the League Wraparound. Yes, this is the show that gets you caught up on anything and everything happening around the National Football League. Coming up on the season finale of the program, we give you a recap of Super Bowl 56. And plus, we'll have an interview with Josh Miller. Josh is the host of the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals show. The podcast is dedicated to covering content related to the National Football League Cincinnati Bengals. We discussed the Bengals Super Bowl 56 loss to the Rams. Also, we talked Joe Burrow, the city of Cincinnati's response to the Bengals coming up short, what changes need to be made in the offseason, and so much more. Plus, my thoughts on the 2021 NFL season. Definitely a great show, but I'm um, coming up on the uh, season finale of the league wraparound. But first, we got to get you caught up on the recap, give you a full recap of Super Bowl 56. What a game it was between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals from SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Let's start off with action in the first quarter. The Rams got on the board first as Matthew Stafford would throw a touchdown pass to wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. It was a marvelous play from Stafford to to, uh, Beckham Jr., excuse me. Here's how it happened. Stafford. Pass 
halfway through the season, they showed him the door in Cleveland. Said, basically, get out of here. Rams took him, scores the first touchdown of the Super Bowl. Working against Mike Hilton, who was tremendous against Tyreek Hill in that game. But watch the throw by Matthew Stafford, the guy who has really had to carry all the pressure of the expectations. And what a job by Beckham on the back end. Mike Hilton split his hands but still able to hang on to that one, which is very difficult to do. All right, so again, that was the touchdown from Matthew Stafford to Odell Beckham Jr., that audio courtesy of the National Football League and NBC Sports, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth on the call. So Stafford throws the touchdown pass to Beckham Jr. The extra point is good, giving the Rams a 7 to nothing lead in the middle of the first quarter. Late in the first quarter, Cincinnati would get on the board with a 29-yard field goal by Evan McPherson cutting the Rams' lead 7-3 to at the end of the first quarter. We move along now to action early in the second quarter. The Rams continue to, uh, their offense continue to put points on the board as Matthew Stafford would connect with Cooper Cup. Put up the numbers in the red zone. There they go again. There's the family. Stafford family, 11 yards for the TD. Cooper Cup blocks so much that people believe him when he goes down to fake block. Because then Eli Apple reacted up to that and simply could not get back. So it is the work ethic, the blocking ethic, really, of Cooper Cup. All right, that audio again, courtesy of the National Football League and NBC Sports. So Stafford throws the touchdown past the cup. The two-point conversion is no good. So the Rams take a 13-3 lead. Meanwhile, late in the second quarter, just before halftime, a little trickery by the Cincinnati Bengals involving Joe Mixon and T. Higgins as Mixon would throw a touchdown pass to Higgins. Here's how it happened. Chase with Ramsey on and a little toss here. Mixon's going to throw. Open man for Higgins. Touchdown. So, again, the touchdown pass from Mixon to Higgins, and the extra point is good, cutting the Rams' lead 13-10 to going into halftime. The beginning of the third quarter, Cincinnati finally got going on offense. Joe Burrow would connect with T. Higgins, giving Higgins his second touchdown of the game. On this occasion, he told them, go finish. Let me go on play action, finding room, going deep, and it's caught by Higgins. He goes in for the score. Jalen Ramsey fell down. And just like that, in 12 seconds, a 75-yard touchdown. That audio again, courtesy of the National Football League and NBC Sports. So Burrow throws the 75-yard touchdown pass to T. Higgins. The extra point is good, giving Cincinnati its first lead of the game, 17-13. to Cincinnati would continue to add on to their lead early in the third quarter. Evan McPherson made a 38-yard field goal, increasing Cincinnati's lead 20-13. to Late in the third quarter, the Rams would cut the lead 
20 to 16, getting a 41-yard field goal from Matt Gay, giving Cincinnati a 20 to 16 lead at the end of the third quarter. The fourth quarter was with a lot of fireworks and, of course, with the Rams doing what they need to do to get the ball in great field position. And with a minute and 25 seconds left after a pass interference penalty was called on Cincinnati, Matthew Stafford would connect with Cooper Cup on a goal line situation, which would be the game-winning touchdown. Here's how it happened. Pass. Pass. Got it. Touchdown. All right, so again, that audio courtesy of the National Football League and CBS Sports. So Stafford connects with Cup with the one-yard touchdown with a minute and 25 left in the game. The extra point was good, giving the Rams a 23-20 to lead. So with Cincinnati having the ball with less than a minute left in the game, Joe Burrow completed a pass to Jamar Chase for a first down and also connecting with Tyler Boyd on a reception. After Samaje Pirine was stopped on a short-yarded situation on a third and one, The Bengals were met with a fourth and one with a chance to possibly get uh, with a chance for Cincinnati to possibly get in field goal range. But unfortunately, the Rams defense would make the game winning play. Here's how it happened. No argument from me. Fourth and one. Morris calling the defense. Donald right there. They'll go from the gun. P. Ryan in the backfield. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down. Gets it away. And incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab. But the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Guess of course. Who? I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. When... All right, that audio courtesy of the National Football League and NBC Sports. Again, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth on the call. So on the fourth and one, Aaron Donald got to Joe Burrow, forced him to throw the ball, and it would be ruled an incomplete pass, giving the Los Angeles Rams the victory 23-20 to to win Super Bowl 56. Of course, Cooper Cup was named Super Bowl MVP, and the Rams win their second Super Bowl in franchise history. Again, here are the final statistics. Matthew Stafford completed 26 out of 40 passes for 283 yards, three touchdown passes, and two interceptions. On the receiving side, the Super Bowl MVP, Cooper Cup, eight catches, 92 yards, and two touchdowns. Odell Beckham Jr., before suffering the knee injury in the second quarter, had two catches for 52 yards and a touchdown. Bryson Hopkins, four catches for 47 yards. Darrell Henderson, three catches for 43 yards. Excuse me, and Van Jefferson, four catches for 23 yards. On the defensive side, Aaron Donald, three tackles and two sacks. Vaughn Miller, two tackles, two sacks. Meanwhile, also having a sack in the game was Ernest Jones, Sean Robinson, and Leonard Floyd. Meanwhile, on the losing side for the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow completed 22 out of 33 passes for 263 yards and a touchdown pass. Joe Mixon had 15 carries for 72 yards on the rushing side. Receiving T. Higgins, four catches for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Jamar Chase, five catches for 89 yards. Tyler Boyd, five catches 
for 48 yards. On the defensive side, Chittabay Awuzie and Jesse Bates III both had an interception, and Trey Hendrickson and DJ Reader both had a sack. Once again, the final score in Super Bowl 56, the Los Angeles Rams beating the Cincinnati Bengals 23-3. to so that takes care of another Super Bowl and another season, and now it's time for my top three storylines. I want to start off with talking about Odell, Aaron, and Stafford. First, Odell Beckham Jr. When Odell first entered the NFL, dazzling dynamic wide receiver out of LSU, being drafted by the New York Giants, and immediately made a great impact with his speed, with his agility, and what really brought him into the limelight and into the forefront was the catch that he made on Sunday Night Football against the Dallas Cowboys, and that increased the legend of Odell Beckham Jr. Unfortunately, things happen with management and personnel in New York. As a result of that, he was traded. Of course, we know about the um, <laughs> the forgettable uh, short time that he had in Cleveland, him and Baker Mayfield. that They never clicked. Also, Odell's dad going to social media, making a pledge saying, it's not my son's fault, it's the quarterback's fault. The thing in Cleveland did not end well. The trade deadline comes about. He's traded to the Los Angeles Rams. And again, give credit to the Rams. They wheeled and dealed during the offseason and during the trade deadline, giving up important draft picks. They wound up picking up Odell during the trade deadline towards the end of the season, was still trying to find his way. He really didn't get get into a groove until this postseason run, and it paid off in big dividends, coming up big in the wild card game against the Cardinals. He had some, some good catches against the Buccaneers. In the NFC Championship game against the 49ers, he came through in the clutch, and then in the Super Bowl before the injury, making a, a touchdown catch. Odell Beckham Jr. is... Um, you know, before the injuries and before the whole thing went down with him in New York and in Cleveland, Odell Beckham Jr. was shaping up to have a Hall of Fame career. And for a moment, it looked as though he may have just been another uh, talented wide receiver with Hall of Fame potential. But now this has the opportunity to increase his visibility in terms of maybe getting to Canton one day. He's got the Super Bowl ring, and I think with him going to Los Angeles, he found a new life. I think he found a new purpose, a new passion, not just for the game of football, but for the game of life. And I think he had to go through those situations in New York and Cleveland to finally see that. So kudos to Odell Beckham Jr. A lot of people tried to write him off, but um, he proved everybody wrong. And congratulations to him on winning that Lombardi trophy. Of course, um, Aaron Donald. Again, Aaron Donald, one of those once-in-a-lifetime talents, a three-time defensive player of the year. You know, he he was with the Rams franchise during the uh, for a short period of time when they were in St. Louis. So he had to endure those losing seasons in St. Louis and then coming over to L.A., immediate success, played in the Super Bowl five years ago before before this one. It was a learning experience the first time around, but the second time around – I think Aaron took great advantage of this, getting three tackles and two sacks in this game. I mean, that adds on to his his resume and his future being a future Hall of Famer. Aaron Donald is, again, as I said earlier, one of those once-in-a-lifetime talents that you really need to pay. We really need to enjoy him and not take his talent for granted. 
He was saying that uh, Rodney Harrison and Michelle Tafoya reported on the, on the Super Bowl pregame show that he was contemplating retirement, but after the rally that the Rams had this week in Los Angeles, he said, he said along with Sean McVay and Vaughn Miller and Odell Beckham Jr., that they want to run it back. They want to run it back. And so it looks like Aaron is leaning towards coming back and running it back for the Rams. But right now, let's just enjoy greatness while we have it. Aaron just turned 30. He is very much in his prime. I mean, he's at the peak of his powers right now. One of the premier, not just defensive players, but one of the premier players in the league. And Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, he gave his all during so many seasons in Detroit, only four playoff appearances. Management was bad, bad draft, bad, uh, bad draft picks. Uh, everything just didn't go well for him in Detroit. But he was so loyal to the to the city, so loyal to that franchise, and you know enough was enough. And the decision was made. And I have to tell you, give kudos to Stan Kroenke and the the owner of the Rams and general manager Les Snead because they basically gave up a lot to get Matthew Stafford. Of course, they gave up. The Rams gave up Jared Goff and draft picks to get Matthew Stafford to come to to, uh, to come to L.A. and um, you know first year with the Rams, you know it it was a win now situation and they definitely took advantage of that when you have Stafford coming in through a trade in the off season, Odell comes in trade deadline, you get Vaughn Miller coming over in the trade deadline. The Rams were definitely built for a win-now situation, but it was really etched in stone that the Rams had a win-now situation with Matthew Stafford coming over from Detroit, and the pressure was on. Playing in the number two market in, Amer- in, in the league, the, number, the second biggest city in America, yeah, the pressure was definitely on. He knew right then and there that it, this wasn't the Motor City. It wasn't Detroit. This was the city of angels, Los Angeles. But I think those years in Detroit – going through those hardships, really prepared Matthew Stafford for the moment of winning that Lombardi. And again, congratulations to Matthew Stafford to having to endure and to fight and was so loyal to that franchise and coming over to L.A. in his first year and getting the Lombardi. My next storyline is going to be the halftime show. Man, since the 90s, the Super Bowl halftime show has been exciting. It has been just as exciting as the game and as the commercials. And I've seen a lot of Super Bowl halftime shows in my day. Michael Jackson, Prince, Bruce Springsteen, you know, Bruno Mars, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Weeknd, Coldplay, uh, Lady Gaga, uh, just, just to name a few. And what we saw with this halftime show with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, also with 50 Cent making an appearance, as well as Anderson Pack. It goes to show you that the NFL, and give a lot of credit to Jay-Z and his company, Rock Nation, for being the producers of the halftime show, we're starting to see hip-hop really, really, really come alive, and hip-hop really come full circle with this halftime show. And um, again, it was great. It was really the embod- It really worked well with the theme of the game being in Los Angeles, with the West Coast influence of Dre, Snoop, Kendrick, and of course when you add Mary to the mix as well, and Eminem. It, it was great. It was a great halftime show. I mean, it was 14 minutes and some change, and it was it was worth every minute of it. And again, 
of um, I've seen a lot of great uh, Super Bowl halftime shows, and I definitely put it in my top ten. So kudos to the NFL and Rock Nation for a solid halftime show. And for my last storyline is the Super Bowl in Los Angeles. The last time the Super Bowl was in L.A. was back in the early 90s. It was in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, which is a part of the Los Angeles metropolitan area. But the, it, the Super Bowl, after a long wait, I mean, it, the Los Angeles was a great host for the Super Bowl. Again, before the league expanded, the Super Bowl would always take part in the typical traditional cities, New Orleans, Los Angeles, Miami, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and also Tampa. Those were the cities that would normally always get the Super Bowl every year. But as the league has expanded and more cities have built new stadiums, every almost every city in the NFL wants to get in on hosting a Super Bowl. And it was long overdue for Los Angeles to host a Super Bowl. We saw the New York, New Jersey area do a successful job of hosting the Super Bowl almost seven years ago. And now L.A. getting its first crack to host the Super Bowl in almost two years. I can honestly say that it's going to be back. The Super Bowl will definitely be back in Los Angeles. It won't be too long before the L.A. will get another crack at hosting a Super Bowl. They did a great job Again, February in L.A., they said this was the warmest Super Bowl that was um, in NFL history. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It said temperature at kickoff was like 85 degrees or something like that. But, you know, it's it, it was it seemed very perfect. In February, uh, people that are coming in from a cold, uh, not, I can't say northern cities, but cities even in the south where it, the temperatures have been up and down. It's been chilly, and they get a chance to go to Los Angeles or Southern California, for that matter, and a chance to bask in the sun and soak up the sun and experience the culture of Los Angeles. So kudos to the city of Los Angeles hosting the Super Bowl, the NFL, making a statement and hope bringing the game back to Los Angeles. So that takes care of my top three storylines. When we come back from the break, I have an interview with Josh Miller. Josh is the host of the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals show. The podcast is dedicated to covering the Cincinnati Bengals. We talk about Cincinnati coming up short in the Super Bowl. We also discuss Joe Burrow, the city of Cincinnati's response to the Bengals coming up short. What changes need to be made in the offseason and so much more. Josh is coming up after the break. I'm Ed Robinson, and you're listening to the season finale of the League Wraparound.
Buy one, get one for a dollar. Deal. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Get a delicious McDouble, tasty small fries, savory four-piece chicken McNuggets, or a flavorful hot and spicy McChicken. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Any way you choose, you can't lose. Only at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. This is Peacock. I love it! It's streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals. It's The Office. That's what she said. Chrisley knows best. It's going to be Todd's Way or the Highway. And Peacock original shows like Punky Brewster. Holy mackinole. So whether you're in the mood for every live WWE pay-per-view or every episode of Law & Order SVU, Peacock's got you covered. Peacock. Watch for free. Upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. It's your heart. Listen to it. What's yours telling you? This Heart Month, it's a good time to slow your daily pace and check the messages your heart may be sending. Not sure what it's saying? Check in with your family doctor or take our free Heart Smart quiz to test your heart health knowledge. At Our Lady of the Lake Heart and Vascular Institute, we want to hear what's on your heart. Don't wait. It just may save your life. Visit OLOLRMC.com slash heart for more. Buy one, get one for a dollar. Deal. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Get a delicious McDouble, tasty small fries, savory four-piece chicken McNuggets, or a flavorful hot and spicy McChicken. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Any way you choose, you can't lose. Only at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. It's your heart. Listen to it. What's yours telling you? This Heart Month, it's a good time to slow your daily pace and check the messages your heart may be sending. Not sure what it's saying? Check in with your family doctor or take our free Heart Smart quiz to test your heart health knowledge. At Our Lady of the Lake Heart and Vascular Institute, we want to hear what's on your heart. Don't wait. It just may save your life. Visit OLOLRMC.com slash heart for more. Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how they missed that goal point score, think about the Name Your Price tool from Progressive letting you choose coverage options based on your budget. Unlike your team that missed the end zone net area. Well, anyway, hope this distraction about Progressive's Name Your Price tool was helpful. It sure kept me from thinking about all those penalty balls. Yay, sports! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You want to go. Yes. Go travel. Go explore. Go find a new city. Go reconnect with friends. Go have fun. That's why we created OnGo, the trusted rapid COVID-19 self-test. OnGo gives you accurate COVID test results and peace of mind in just minutes. So anywhere you go, you know. You'll know if you're COVID-19 free, and you'll know you're protecting loved ones. OnGo is readily available at letsongo.com, Amazon, Walgreens, or Walmart.com. Use promo code ONGO15 for 15% off at letsongo.com today. Streaming on Peacock, it's the girls' trip of a lifetime. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Oh, my God, a thing right. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. It's a party now. And there's no party like a housewives party. I don't give a f- You're not a girl's girl. Why would you say that? Find out what happens when the forecast brings sunshine and a whole lot of shade. You are so self-absorbed. It's crazy. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. 
face with Ramsey on him. A little toss here. Mixon's going to throw. Open man caught. Higgins touchdown. On this occasion, he told them go finish. Let me go on play action. Finding room. Going deep. And it's caught by Higgins. He goes into the score. Jalen Ramsey fell down. And just like that, in 12 seconds, a 75-yard touchdown. Man, no argument from me. Fourth and one. Morris calling the defense. Donald right there. They'll go from the gun. P. Ryan in the backfield. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down. Gets it away. And incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab. But the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Yeah, I mean, they're, they have a really good front. Um, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and, and Leonard Floyd are you know, three of the best players in the league. You know, you could, we expected that they were going to get some pressure, so you know, they, did a good they did a good job. Today, what business needs most is creativity. So let's create AI with integrity, not bias. Security that hunts for threats in the wild. Cloud management that requires less management and new ways for business to do business. Let's create at scale right now together. Let's prototype, let's tweak, let's test, let's adapt. Let's create something that changes everything. IBM, let's create. Learn more at IBM.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to the program. That audio was courtesy of the National Football League, NBC Sports and NFL Network. That was from Super Bowl 56. Of course, the first highlight that you heard was running back Joe Mixon throwing a, a touchdown pass to T. Higgins. And then the second audio that you heard was Joe Burrow throwing a touchdown pass to T. Higgins. And again, on the fourth and one, the Bengals fell just short. Rams defense, of course, Aaron Donald making the stop on Joe Burrow as, of course, the Rams were going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals final score 23 to 20 to talk more about the game and looking forward to next season. He's been a, a great trooper for us all season long. We want to welcome him back to the program, which was under better circumstances, but he's the host of the back row Cincinnati Bengals show, Mr. Josh Miller. Josh, welcome back, my man. And again, thank you for uh, joining us under, under these uh, interesting circumstances. And no matter what circumstances, I'm always glad to be on your show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much uh, for having me on having me on throughout the uh, entire season. You're welcome. Thank you so much again for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. So, Josh, I know it's a, it's still a hard pill to swallow, but give me your takeaways from Super Bowl 56 between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, obviously, I mean, I'm looking at this, and I look at where where I'm most disappointed at. Am I most disappointed at the game itself? Am I most disappointed at the fact season's over and that, you know, this great run, this great Bengals season that we had this year has finally come to a close, and, you know, it's time to move on for next year. But looking at just specifically the game, you can't help but think that the major macro things that had to happen in the game in order for the Bengals to win happened. 
the the Bengals got turnovers. They were able to turn those turnovers into points with the uh, field goal. And then they also they, they made Matthew Stafford look very um, very pedestrian. And then they made they made look or uh, they made their running game look very pedestrian. And they were able to stack it up completely. But the problem was is that the Bengals didn't do the small stuff correctly. They you know they have a, a, a taunting penalty at, at the very end for some odd re- or uh, not a taunting penalty, but Hargraves is out on the field after a Jesse Bates interception for some freaking reason, which is ridiculous. Um, then you have, you know, you have multiple times where the offensive line just breaks down and you just watch these drives stall over and over again. And you just, you feel as though that's probably your biggest takeaway is that the Bengals should have probably, in my eyes, they should have won this game. Um, and they let, they let it slip away. Yeah, there were moments when uh, the Bengals should have had this game won, and I want to get more into the offensive side for the Bengals. I want to start off with the running game. They could have utilized the running game a little bit more. Uh, Joe Mixon, 15 carries for 72 yards. Give me your takeaway from his performance in the game. I 100% agree with exactly what you just said, Ed. I, I mean, I they were, the ground game for the Cincinnati Bengals was working. It was working early. They were able to alleviate that pass rush, and they were alleviate that pressure on Joe by getting this ground game going, and they were able to do that with Joe Mixon. You know, he's rattled, he rattled off 72 yards on 15 carries, but, you know, when he got the ball, he made – you know, it was almost like a game that was tailor-made for Joe Mixon's ability is – you go. His best ability is his cutback, and the cutback lanes were wide open. And you, you feel as though the Bengals were misused them and underused them during the game. And you look to two very specific plays: a third and one at the beginning of the game, or I'm sorry, at the end of the first half, and a third and one at the end of the game, where it ultimately made the decision. I, I think when you are trying to get one yard and you use Samaje P. Ryan instead of, instead of Joe Mixon, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, you know, it, it doesn't – I felt as though the Bengals underused Joe Mixon and they should have relied on him a little bit more. Yeah, agree, because, again, it, that second half, it really was like Burrow in the passing game. I was like, man, where's Mixon in all of this? It just completely phased him out of the right. situation. But let's move along now to the receiving side. T. Higgins, four catches – for 100 yards and two touchdowns, solid performance from, from him. Your takes on T's play? T played up to exactly what we needed him to play up to. You know, obviously with Jamar Chase being out there, you know he's, Jamar's probably going to be either doubled up or he's going to be, you know, the main the main focus of the defense and the main problem of the defense. So Joe Burrow had to have looked elsewhere, and, and T Higgins was able to make some big-time plays, able to get around two touchdowns, and, able to continually be a force in this offense that has really this, this Bengals team is desperately needed as their number two wide receiver. And, again, I hate to call him a number two wide receiver because, really, if you put him on any other team, T. Higgins is the number one wide receiver. He's that good. And, again, he, he had he had the game that we needed him to have, and uh, eventually uh, he was, you know, started to get taken away. And then if you look towards the end of the game, you saw T. Higgins was starting to get more and more open, and it felt like the play design and the scheme just did not have him involved, which was really, you know, it goes back to the coaching staff. And I think that's where you place the blame mostly on and during uh, 
during the Super Bowl, you, you place it mostly on the coaching staff because when it's mostly across the board mistakes, then it, it's got to be coaching staff. So the Bengals do not use T. Higgins enough um, down the stretch and then to not throw out a couple bubble screens or throw out a wide receiver screen uh, really hurt them in the end. And then obviously going to other players and going to players that aren't exactly their, you know, their, their big time playmakers, it, it really co- it costs them. All right. And then we're going to move along now to Jamar Chase, five catches for 89 yards again. I thought we would have seen a lot of Jamar in this game. We didn't see him really until maybe the second half, but it was really too little too late, especially as the Bengals in the, uh, the final drive, he did make a big catch to try to try to get them try to get him in the field goal range, but nevertheless he had five catches for eighty nine yards. Your thoughts on Jamar's play? Jamar was able to make those explosive plays that we needed and and he made that one explosive play at the beginning of part of the game where we're really our offense was really getting into a lull. And that's something that the Bengals have done all off or done all season is basically sometimes our offense will just start to sputter and it'll 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 just be three and out, three and out and you're just like, okay, we have all these great weapons but you just can't you're we're not able to use them for whatever reason. It could be a, you know, bad scheme or it could be the offensive line's breaking down, but either way. But when Jamar was able to get open, he made a, a lot of great plays that we needed to. Uh sadly sadly, however, again, I keep harping on this, on the biggest plays of the game we refuse to go to our stars and we refuse to try to get the ball in our playmakers' hands. And I always, I go back to that third and one at the end of the half. I go back to that third and one um, at the end, or at, yeah, third and one and fourth and one at the end of the game. You just, the, ball, the game ends with a third and one running it to Samaj P. Ryan. And then the game ends with a fourth and one where you throw it to Samaj P. Ryan. You got to find a way to get your playmakers more and more involved and you know that goes back to the, the Zach Taylor scheme and how it, it just didn't quite work and the bubble screens were there the cornerbacks of the Rams were giving the Bengals receivers plenty of cushion and you, that was noticeable throughout the game and that was noticeable at the at the last drive he was underused and you felt as though the playmakers on the Bengals team were underused all right, and then we had Tyler Boyd. He had five catches for 48 yards. Again, it seemed Tyler uh, contributed when he can, but it was primarily uh, Joe and T really doing their thing. But uh, Tyler had five catches with 40 for 48 yards in this game. Just give me your thoughts on Tyler and his play. You felt as though this was a game that Tyler Boyd was going to be that safety valve and, and do it thoroughly and do it correctly and you know, and be able to go out there and execute. And, you know, even when the Rams defense is closing down and, and it's they're able to shut down our top receivers, Tyler Boyd was going to show up. Now, he did have five catches, and a lot of those catches were, were very much needed to keep a drive going or to really, you know, get this Bengals offense in the gear. However, his drop, his first drop of the season, comes at the most critical time, it thrown him right in the hands, and he wasn't able to execute you know, you really feel for a guy like Todd, the guy that, you know, he's kind of like a guy like Joe Mixon that has just been here from the start and hasn't shied away from the grind, hasn't shied away from, uh, you know, having to go through the rebuilding years. And he was able to come here and, and, and build something. But that being said, I mean, it's just, it, it's, it sucks to see him drop the ball at the most opportune time. And, you know, you got you to feel for him. So I, I, as good as – Tyler Boyd did play, and he did play pretty well. That's where he's going to be remembered for is that drop at the end of the game. 
Yeah, definitely. That's going to be, a, again, a tough pill to swallow right there. And then I want to move along now to the other side of the ball, which is on the defensive side. Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson was a trending hashtag on Twitter immediately after the Super Bowl. He was the leading tackler on the Bengals' defense. He had eight tackles. However, he committed a penalty on a fourth and one where he they called him for pass interference for defending Cooper Cup. The jury is out on this one. Some people say it was the right call. Some people it was, said it was the wrong call. Give me your thoughts on Logan's play and on the uh, the, pass, the pass interference penalty he had on uh, Cooper Cup. Now, obviously, Ed, you know what I'm going to say about what I think about that call. But I, before mm-hmm. I get into that, I want to talk about Logan Wilson. Uh, Logan Wilson is a guy that I, I, I've come on to your show many times, and I've said this guy is going to be a future pro bowler. Uh, he's going to go to multiple. I mean, this is not the last time you're going to see him in the Super Bowl. Logan Wilson was, was having one of the best games I've ever seen a linebacker from the Cincinnati Bengals play. He was able to really stack up the run game. He helped out quite a bit in the passing game and, and created a lot of opportunities for this Bengals team to really to really get you know to really get going to really get the offense back in the field and to eventually try to go out there and win the game and you know play with a lead and the, the defense I never had a problem with. Again, a, a great game to him, and a great game to him was wild because you're gonna—it's kind of like Tyler Boyd. What you're gonna think about in this game is the mistakes, and you know, I, I gotta say, I think it's a terrible call. That's a terrible defensive holding call. I think you just—you number one, you just don't call it. It's the—it's the Super Bowl, and number two, they were letting him play through the entire game, and you, you go through literally the entire game. They were mi- not really necessarily missed calls, but a lot of the ticky tack stuff and a lot of the you know, usually small calls that usually get called in the regular season were not getting called. So the players were playing loose. So Logan Wilson probably thought that he had a little bit more grab room than, than what, you know, than what the referees thought. And But even then, even then, when you look at the play, it's still not a defensive holding. There was no tug of the jersey. There was no tug of the arm. The receiver had complete opportunity to catch that ball, and he didn't catch it. And Logan Wilson made a great play and stuck his arm out there and knocked it down and, then after that, it's just you. you it, it was going to turn into a fourth down, and you, you take your chances, and then that absolutely killed the Bengals because then, you know, the Rams went fast and eventually got that matchup with Eli Apple over Cooper Cup, and you know, you know how the rest of the book is written. Yeah, that was a tough one right there for Bengals, uh, Bengals Nation right there with Wilson uh, having the, the penalty called on him, man. That changed the fate of everything. And, of course, as you said, Apple and Cup, the one-on-one matchup, Stafford saw it and took advantage of it. That was a TD. And I want to move along mm-hmm. now to a couple of other players on the defensive side. Sam Hubbard, Jermaine Pratt, and Vaughn Bell all had, and, uh, all had five tackles in this game. Just give me your thoughts on their play in this one. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I mean, they were able to they were able to really stack up that run game and make the Rams one dimensional. The problem was with the defense, and this mostly goes on on the defensive coordinator Luan Rumo, is that the Bengals didn't take advantage of the Rams going into a one dimensional style of offense. If you remember back in this game, the Rams 
couldn't run the ball. And that, was, that was due to DJ Reader having, having an absolute monster day. and That was due to the defensive line being able to get home. And then also on top of that, being able to get into the, into the backfield and make some sacks and make some plays to uh, put the offense in a tight spot. But, again, it, once, you, once they made him one-dimensional, the Rams made it no secret that they were just going to keep going back to Cooper Cup. They went back to Cooper Cup eight times on the final drive, and, you know, he, they were able to complete all those passes and, and all those plays for positive yardage. So the Bengals, while well, they were shining for, for 58 minutes of the day, in 58 minutes of the game, Bengals were able to – or the Bengals' defense was able to really stick with the Rams and play with the Rams until that last two minutes, and they kind of, they kind of lost their way. All right, and then I want to move along now to two defensive backs that made big plays in this game. Chidabe Owuzie and Jesse Bates both had an interception in this game. Give me your thoughts on their uh, plays in this one. Huge. The the interceptions were exactly what was needed for the Bengals to win this game. Winning the turnover battle was something that was going to have to happen in order for the Bengals to uh, have a chance at winning this game, and they were able to come up with giant plays. And Both of them were, were... one of them, the uh, the Chidobe Wuze pick was was just a great athletic play, and it really it led to three points. But if it would have led to six, that would have been probably you know cough and nail as it, as it may, and the Bengals would have been able to you know capitalize on. They should have been able to capitalize on that. However, that being said, I, I mean again, you're you're duo. And you're, you're thinking, okay, they keep, they were really really good this year. They get one off season, another off season together to really shape up that communication, shape up that chemistry. That this could be a a really really locked down backfield. But I mean, obviously the Bengals have to get the deal done with Jesse Bates, and I think they will. It sounds like it's already in the works. It sounds like it's moving forward. So if we can get that done, that, that would be you know stuff. So we can start focusing on football. All right, and then two more players on the defensive side, DJ Reader and uh, Trey Hendrickson both had a sack in this game. Give me your thoughts on DJ and Trey's play in this one. DJ had had quite a game. I mean, he probably had he he had a, he was definitely the best on the defensive line, I would say. DJ Reader legitimately won, himself made the Rams one-dimensional, and he was able to get into the backfield and make a lot of great plays and make a lot of opportunities for the defensive line around him. And then, again, also he was able to get pressure on Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford threw a lot of really tough balls and a lot of balls that really were you know, off and, and didn't seem like a, an elite quarterback would make. And, um, and and it made him really uncomfortable. And Trey Hendrickson did the same. They were able to get rushes on him. I would have liked to have seen their sack numbers increase up a little bit, but they were still able to get home. They were still able to cause quite a bit of a uh, quite a bit, bit of a stir in the backfield. And again, they they were able to get good field position for our offense, but they just the Bengals' offense was just not able to capitalize. All right, and then I want to talk now about Joe Burrow. Joe had a was off and on in the first half. He really got going in the second half. He would finish the game completing 22 out of 33 passes for 263 yards and a touchdown pass. Unfortunately, Joe would uh, set a record in this game for the wrong reasons. He was sacked seven times in this game. This is a two-part question. Give me your thoughts on Joe's play in this game 
in the, against the Rams. And also the second question is, what do you? What is your take on the, the offensive line's performance in uh, protecting Joe? Well, so I, I, let's talk about just Joe Burrow himself, regardless of the offensive line. Yeah, he was sacked seven times. He was running for his life. He wasn't able to get any sort of breathing room in the second half. Um, it, they, they just weren't able to. They weren't able to give him time. But that first half, Joe really struggled, and he really struggled to make those plays that made him Joe Shifey, that made him you know Joe Cool. If he was able to be calm, cool, and collective in the pocket, it seemed like a lot of that game. Joe wasn't exactly that. Maybe not a lot of the game, but for uh, you know spurts of the game, it seemed like Joe wasn't really comfortable back there. Now credit to the Rams defense; they have a really, really good defense. They were able to get home and get Joe on the ground. But you you saw his temptations and you or his um, hesitation, and you saw Joe Burrow start to you know started to. He wasn't able to escape the pocket as well. He was. He was feeling less confident in his throws, but once he started to eventually get into the groove, he started to play a lot better. But again, you think with a minute 28 and you're down by three, Joe Burrow back there as a Bengals fan, I was feeling pretty good. I'm thinking we're going to go to forget field goal. We're going to go down there and score the game-winning touchdown right here. It's going to be great, but Joe wasn't able to make that happen. And then, so let's move that on over to the offensive line part of this. With the offensive line, Obviously, they are. They do have a hefty amount of blame in this. But one of the things that I, I feel like overlooked is the fact that you know the coaching staff knows how bad this offensive line is. They have been able to game plan around it the entire year. That being said, it doesn't make any sense to continue to run plays that are long developing or plays that take a while for you know, the running back to get into its spot, or maybe that takes – that has a lot of formation, a lot of movement, and that confuses the offensive line, and it just further, you know, accentuates the problem. So you look back, yeah, the offensive line played terrible, but the coaching staff has had this offensive line for quite some time. You feel as though the – would have gone with more screen play. You feel as that they would have gone with more – quick out routes and quick slants because if you look at it, the Rams were not coming even close to pressing up on the Bengals receivers. Um, you, you really, you, it was quite, it, it, they were open. And that's what, that's what makes it hard to swallow in your coaching staff, which has been so good over the past four weeks and in, in getting you to this point, it, it's hard to watch them you know, continually make decisions that just scratch your head. Yeah, it's definitely a tough one right there. And I want to stay just with Joe for a moment. I know that it's hard to win, not just in professional sports, but it's hard to win in the NFL. And Joe Burrow completed only his second year in the league, and what a great year that he had. I want to know, do you think Joe has has what it takes to, to get back to this point for next season? Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this. This this kid, this kid from Ohio, did not have an off season his rookie year, and then goes out, blows out in his ACL, completely just terrible, terrible injury. Doesn't have an off season, goes out there and gets to the Super Bowl and should have won. That is that is 
we've never seen in the NFL. It's this kid has been able to have this effect on not only a franchise but a city itself, and just the love for the Bengals has come back. And you know, he is at the heart and soul of it. This guy really is the heart and soul of this team, and he rubs off. And not only is he going to get back just by being so talented and his accuracy being so good and his pocket awareness being so good and his decision-making being impeccable, he's going to get back because players are going to want to play with him. You're going to see a Bengals free agency like we've we've seen over the past couple of years, which is aggressive, but you're also going to see guys that are pretty high profile. I'm looking at Taron Armstead from the Saints, the highest-rated offensive lineman in the NFL free agency pool right now. You gotta imagine that the Bengals are making a hard, hard push for Taron Armstead, and then also, and this is more kind of funny than it is anything else. But if it were to really happen, I'd be all for it. Is Gronk uh, Gronkowski coming on and saying the only quarterback that I would play with now is Joe Burrow? And, you know, I gotta be honest. If if Ron, I I think Gronk is going to retire. I'll tell you this, if he wants to come back and he wants to chase another ring, I tell you the Bengals should make a hard push for him because the Bengals need a red zone threat. That's something that they truly, truly struggled with was the red zone, and it also was the um, also a short yardage situation, like on the third and ones that we faced in the Super Bowl. It's short yardage, and Gronk's a short yardage god. I mean, he, he made a living off of short yardage and red zone. So, um I'm really looking forward to this, to this next year. And watching Joe Burrow actually get a full off season and he can actually be with the team and there isn't COVID and he doesn't have to worry about his ACL being completely blown out. He finally does get an off season. I can't wait to see what he can mold and grow into. I'll tell but you yes, one thing. The AF- an answer, yeah, an answer to, a long answer to your question, yes, I do think Joe Burrow will, will, will be back. Oh, no, definitely. You're good on that point. I was just going to say that, you know, the AFC is just loaded. I mean, the NFL, but the AFC alone is loaded with great quarterbacks with Mahomes and Allen and Lamar Jackson. You've also, uh, you know, you've also got Justin Herbert, Derek Carr is in the mix as well, and definitely uh, Joe Burrow's got his hands full, but definitely he is the creme de la creme, and the best can only get better, like you mentioned, if they can just improve on the offensive line and Get get their situation together at that position as well as tight end. And speaking of, you mentioned about the Bengals having to be aggressive in the free agent market. They've already were aggressive with lo- uh, locking up Zach Taylor. They've extended him through the 2026 season. Mm-hmm. Two part question: Give me your thoughts on Zach and his performance in the Super Bowl, and give me your thoughts on the Bengals extending him. Zach Taylor, just in the Super Bowl, I would say it, it, it was definitely not his best called game. He had a lot of it, issues. There, there were times where discipline was a problem. I mean, obviously, you look at that Vernon Hargraves penalty, or, yeah, that Vernon Hargraves penalty, and you look at those two runs with Samaj P. Ryan, and, and again, where, while you have Joe Mixon sitting on the side, you look at the lack of screens. It's something that has worked for the Bengals and something that would have really alleviated the pass rush, but a refusal to continue to go back to it. I believe the Bengals only ran one screen. Um, so, And then also the challenge play, or, uh, excuse me, on the first Jamar Chase really long bomb catch, 
I did not think Jamar Chase was down immediately as he fell to the ground. I thought he fell on his own intuition. Jamar Chase got back up and got tackled at the three-yard line. You know, in in the moment, it's probably not that big of a deal, but looking back at it, that was an eight-yard loss because we didn't challenge the play. There was no challenge. Zach Taylor didn't challenge the play. And that resulted in the Bengals just coming out with a field goal. Now, if you put it at the three-yard line, the Bengals still might come out with just a field goal, but there's a lot better chance to come out with a touchdown. And, again, I just go back to the most damning game for Zach Taylor is the choice to not use Joe Mixon on third and one, not going back to him or any or going back to his you know playmakers on fourth and one. You feel as though that – He's still not ready for that, and, and it was pretty. I mean, I mean that that really that costed them the game. I, I would say that that was the that was the biggest that was the biggest probably moment in the game in in which Zach Taylor had a hand in in doing it. And I'm sure if he could go back and change it, he would. Um, and I do think he's going to continue to get better as a coach. But I mean, that's that at the end of the day, that killed us. Um, but in, in terms of I do think this guy is the right guy for the head coach. I mean, obviously, he goes from 6-25-1, and, and he brings him to a Super Bowl, and, and, and the team is much better. And they have the least amount of penalties against against any team across the board. That's all coaching. That's huge. They're disipp- while their discipline lacked in the Super Bowl, their discipline, discipline through the entire year was, was impeccable. It was, it was really second to none. And then also, I mean, keeping a continuity – within your franchise is huge. I mean, they just keep recycling coaches, and, you know, they've been a dumpster fire for the past two decades. And the Bengals having a solid foundation, a solid base, not only helps out with getting free agents in, but it helps out with the franchise itself and allows the fan base and the city and the players to be able to identify what this culture is supposed to be like and, Zach Taylor did a great job of instilling his culture uh, this year, and uh, I would love to see it continue next year, and hopefully they can get the right guys in, I think they will. They have something to definitely build on, and definitely Zach Taylor can be the guy to move them uh, forward going um, into the next decade or so. And you mentioned about key moments in this game. We've got to talk about Vernon Hargraves. Again, we talked about Logan Wilson was a popular hashtag on Twitter. Vernon Hargraves, again, with the ridiculous excessive celebration penalty. What were your thoughts when you saw that, and what was the buzz like in Cincinnati when when that whole thing went down? Well, I mean, honestly, here's the thing. We were so hyped up over the interception. I was At that point, I was just happy that we were going to close out the half and the Rams weren't going to get any points. That was my biggest thing. And I was like, you know, if we get any points out of this, it's, it's just icing on the cake. But then you look up, and a team that doesn't get penalty, that doesn't get, and a team that this just doesn't happen to, there's just there's just a guy with a sweatshirt, hoodies, and slides on, with his AirPods in, just dancing on the end zone. I'm like, what, what, I don't know if I can curse on there here, but what the heck is he doing? And what 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 are we what are we doing out here? Like, why is this why is this happening? And then, you know, the flags come out, and again, it's just. Man, maybe that youth, you think about it, that youth that's on this team that has made this team so good, maybe that has come back to bite them. It's just you can't do things like that, that type of disciplinary, you know, problems. That can't happen in a Super Bowl, and that's what gets to beat. And, you know, again, 
you know, that was 15, it was a 15 yard. It put us down the uh, 10 or five yard line. And um, we weren't able to get any points off that drive. And it killed us. It, it just did. It, it, it killed us. All right. And then I want to move along now to the city of Cincinnati. Now, I know it's been a long time since Cincinnati has enjoyed this success, being in the Super Bowl and being in this limelight and having the world pay attention to the city. What was the Cincinnati, the city of Cincinnati's response like with the Bengals uh, coming up just short in the big one? So, I mean, there's there's a mix. It's sadness that, that we lost. It's mostly an appreciation for the team. Uh, you feel as though, like, the fan base realizes that this obviously isn't the end that this Bengals team is going to be back, and this Bengals team is very talented, and this coaching staff is very talented. And honestly, again, here's I, I took two things away from the Super Bowl. One, the Bengals should have won it, and two, the Bengals should have never ha- have even been there. They just shouldn't have been there. And you, you now you have a full offseason knowing that this team can get there. This team is good enough to win across the board, not only in the Super Bowl, but in your division and in your conference. And you can – you can win, and you can eventually get back to uh, that prowess. And you just got to shape up some of the holes. And you know, the holes from last year to this year are not as glaring. Like obviously, we know the major problem. That's offensive line. You get that shaped up, then after that, it's just upgrades. It's just upgrade after upgrade. And then you look at just some gel pieces, gel pieces to keep this locker room together, to keep the culture intact. And you know the. So the city itself, it doesn't seem, obviously, sadness. I was very sad. But, again, it's a it's a feeling like we're going to be back. And most of the sadness comes from the season being over. Because it was a great season. This is one of the best seasons I've ever experienced as an NFL fan, bar none. Um, and working with the team this year was, was a lot of fun. So I think that's what I'm going to miss the most is knowing that there's no more Bengals football to look forward to until – you know, training camp starts up and OTA starts up, and I can start looking at free agency in the draft. And that's when uh, that's when I'll start to come back on. But it's tough. It's tough. But it, it, you feel this year, however, a lot was accomplished. You see, you saw the fan base and the franchise back together and reunite together for a genuine love for this team. You know that Joe Burrow is the guy and that the knee injury isn't going to be nagging him for the rest of his career. Um, you know that you have a great nucleus, a great defense around uh, Joe Burrow that, that, can, that can get you stopped. And, and one of the biggest things, you know who your head coach is. We, if you remember towards the start of the year, Zach Taylor was the favorite to be fired. Now he's extended through 2026. So we, that was one of the biggest parts of this year was – figuring out who your coaching staff is. So it feels like the, the foundation that this Bengals team built um, is one of the biggest foundations across the league. And you feel as though that them being back is just not as hard, it's not as far-fetched as what it seemed as it seemed to be at the beginning of this year. Yeah, indeed, they did catch a lot of people by surprise, and definitely uh, kudos to a good season by the Bengals falling short, but they've got definitely have a lot to look forward to going forward. And now, Josh, we talked about some of the changes that need to be made with the Bengals. You know, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be intact. Zach Taylor is going to be around for a while. We talked about offensive line and the tight end position. But what other changes, in your opinion, need to be made during the offseason for the Bengals? 
Well, obviously, you you, meant, you mentioned the big ones. I, I, I you got to look at offensive line, and then you got to look at tight end. Uh, but I, I think what I believe that the Bengals see and they should see is that you should go offensive line. But then when you with your draft, and you know, I guess this is more of a hot take, I guess. But I think the Bengals should be going cornerback with their thirty first pick. I think that you can shape up this offensive line of free agency. I think you need to get a veteran line that knows what it's doing now. You may even need to spend a couple of draft picks on it. But our championship window is uh, is open. It's open. We probably have about three, four, five years where we have a real, real good shot at at making the Super Bowl, which is where I think this team is. So you gotta you gotta go into a ball an all in buy in type of year and a type of next couple of years, you need to really, really buy and you need to start selling off some trade pieces. You need to start getting all these guys in so that way you can make that huge playoff push and that huge Super Bowl push. Offensive line, you need to address that. Cornerback, I think that's your next on your list. You've got to go cornerback through the draft. While Eli Apple played above his potential and he, he really did make a lot of great plays for us and he's one of the reasons why we are in the Super Bowl, he can't be your starting corner. He can't be. He he's not a first string talent. He just isn't. He played above his potential. And he was put in great positions to uh, for success, and he was able to take advantage of that. And that's great. I, I love that Eli Apple has been able to revitalize his career. That's and you know it, it's good on him. And those outside, a lot of people hate Eli Apple. I got to tell you, a lot of people in Cincinnati do love Eli Apple, and we've really kind of taken him as our own. But he can't be our starting corner next year. He's just not good enough. Um, he wasn't supposed to be our starting corner this year until Trey Waynes got hurt. And Trey Waynes was, you know, he's been one of the worst signings in, in, in Bengals history. Cause he still hasn't barely even touched the field. But that being said, you got to find, you got to find a cornerback. And uh, I, I, I love going through uh, the draft for your corner. And I think if the Bengals are able to get him, I'd love to get Kobe Bryant from the University of Cincinnati, keep the Cincinnati boy in the 5-1-3 and keep him in the Queen City and hopefully just keep building him up and, and uh, just you know, keep building this defense, this defense up too, making this secondary elite. They're probably, they're probably about a piece or two away from being elite, this, this entire defense. And the secondary is really close to being elite. So um, you gotta, you got to feel great about the future if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan. All right, and you heard it from him. He is uh, Josh Miller, the host of the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals show, just been helping us out tremendously with the information about the team from the Queen City of Cincinnati, a.k.a. the Who Days. And, uh, Josh, again, thank you so much, man, for just providing us with great content all season long. Just tell everybody about the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals show. Hey, Ed, thank you so much for having me on, and I really appreciate you coming on and letting me – you some Bengals football at you. It definitely uh, really helps me out, and um, I'm, I'm glad I could uh, come on and help you out. I, I, I love it. Anyway, if you are looking for any back row or, or any Bengals news, please come on over to my Twitter. You can follow me at Back Row Bengals. Then you can also find my podcast, the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals Show. So that is at Back Row Bengals on Twitter, and then the Cincinnati Bengals Show is my podcast. You can find my blogs on fansided.com, go over there and go to the Bengals side and, and take a look at my uh, my readings and my blogs. Just had one drop the other day talking about the Bengals or, or how Jamar Chase is indeed the best Bengals wide receiver to ever put on a uniform. So please go over there 
and give that a read, whether you like it, don't like it, agree with it, don't agree with it. Just give it a read. I really appreciate it. Uh, th- during the off season, we will be attacking more Cincinnati sports. We will be going with some Bearcat and Xavier basketball. And then on top of that, a lot of free agency and then Reds baseball and SP Cincinnati. And then just like that, we'll be right back into the NFL season. So I can't wait. And it's going to be a great, it's going to be a, a long, long off season. I'll tell you that, but I can't wait to get back. Indeed, indeed. And one more time, Josh, tell everybody where they can find you on social media as well as the Back Row Cincinnati Bingo Show and any websites. Let them know that as well. You can go to my Twitter, at Back Row Bengals. That's at Back Row Bengals on Twitter. Then you can find my podcast pretty much anywhere where you can find podcasts, the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals Show, anywhere you can find podcasts, the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals Show. And then you can find my blog on fansided.com on the Bengals side of the NFL of the website. So go to fansided.com and go to the Bengals side. Ed, thank you so much for a great season, man. I had so much fun talking with you, and I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you, man. I appreciate you as well, and thank you again. So you heard it from him, Josh Miller, the host of the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals Show, giving us the 411 on the Bengals in Super Bowl 56. And, of course, things, well, what the Bengals need to do going forward. Josh, again, thank you so much, man, for a great season. If ever you want to come back on, just feel free to let us know. Come on anytime you want me to, brother. I really appreciate it, and uh, I'll I'll be back next year. Trust me. I can't wait to uh, talk to you again at the start of week one. Same here, same here, my man. We'll be back with more right after this. Chase with Ramsey on and a little toss here. Mitch is going to throw. Open man, Paul Higgins, touchdown. Let me go on play action, finding room, going deep, and it's caught by Higgins. He goes into the score. Jalen Ramsey fell down, and just like that, in 12 seconds, a 75-yard touchdown. No argument from me. Fourth and one. Morris calling the defense. Donald right there. They'll go from the gun. P. Ryan in the backfield. Burrow trying to keep it going. Gets spun down. Gets it away. And incomplete. It looked like P. Ryan might have had a shot to make the grab. But the Rams now running down to celebrate with a defensive play. And guess who? Of course. I mean, you don't even have to think about it. Do not even have to think about it. Pointing to the ring finger. Buy one, get one for a dollar. Deal. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Get a delicious McDouble, tasty small fries, savory four-piece chicken McNuggets, or a flavorful hot and spicy McChicken. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Any way you choose, you can't lose. Only at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. It's your heart. Listen to it. What's yours telling you? This Heart Month, it's a good time to slow your daily pace and check the messages your heart may be sending. Not sure what it's saying? Check in with your family doctor or take our free Heart Smart quiz to test your heart health knowledge. At Our Lady of the Lake Heart and Vascular Institute, we want to hear what's on your heart. 
don't wait. It just may save your life. Visit OLOLRMC.com slash heart for more. Buy one, get one for a dollar. Deal. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Get a delicious McDouble, tasty small fries, savory four-piece chicken McNuggets, or a flavorful hot and spicy McChicken. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Any way you choose, you can't lose. Only at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. Street King, yeah. they can get you anything. Uh-huh. New wheels for your ride if you want to be a Street King. Since that fat tax check is coming soon, get some custom wheels on your ride today. Street King will give you 90 days same as cash. Just pay them off when your tax check comes. Choose from the huge in-store selection of 24-inch wheels as low as $12.99. 22s as low as $9.99. Or rental only wheels from as low as $29 per week. No credit check. Located in Baton Rouge at 7221 Airline Highway, just north of Greenwell Springs Road. Google Street King or visit GoStreetKing.com. Wheels for your ride if you want to be a Street King. Buy one, get one for a dollar. Deal. It's buy one, get one for a dollar at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Get a delicious McDouble, tasty small fries, savory four-piece chicken McNuggets, or a flavorful hot and spicy McChicken. Buy one, get one for a dollar. You can get two of the same item or mix and match them. Any way you choose, you can't lose. Only at McDonald's. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value cannot be combined with any other offer. You never want to put all your eggs in one basket. But what if that basket is really, really big? With Pavilions for You, you get a huge basket, big enough for personalized deals on things you like to buy and even a free treat on your birthday. You can earn rewards on nearly all purchases and redeem them for things like free groceries and discounts on gas. So go ahead and put all your eggs in one basket. Become a free Pavilions for You member today. No purchase necessary. Download the Pavilions Deals and Delivery app and feed your joy. Visit pavilions.com slash for you for program details. Enjoy football, basketball, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code EASY1000, and your first wager is risk-free, up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code EASY1000 and place your first wager risk-free. Free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Louisiana only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in partnership with Samstown Shreveport Casino. All right, everybody, welcome back to the program. Once again, a big special thank you to Josh Miller, the host of the Back Row Cincinnati Bengals show. The podcast is dedicated to covering content related to the NFL Cincinnati Bengals. And again, great job to Josh all year for giving us his insights on the Cincinnati Bengals and um, coming up short in the Super Bowl and what changes need to be made in the offseason. Again, thank you to Josh. All right, and uh, before we get on out of here, I want to give my thoughts on the 2021 NFL season. So that puts the lid on this 2021 NFL season still in the midst of 
the COVID-19 pandemic. We're still dealing with issues with with COVID. Second season in a row that the league has had to deal with COVID. However, fans showed up this year, so little promising. You know, COVID is still a fluid situation, so we'll definitely have to pay attention going forward on how it's going to impact the 2022 NFL season. Now, with our 2021 NFL season, we saw a lot of highlights. We saw Tom Brady and what might, I noticed I used the word might, what might be his last season in the NFL, even though there's reports that he's saying that he may be contemplating coming back. But if it is, in fact, his last season, hey, you know, what a career was for TB12. Tom dazzled us for so many years, so many decades, and, you know, the two seasons that he had in with the Buccaneers winning a Super Bowl, I mean, what can you say about him? Super Bowl MVP, multiple Super Bowls. I mean, the the accomplishments and the resume is just phenomenal. We also had a chance to say goodbye to Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, Big Ben called it, called it a career, 18 seasons with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Fantastic job on his part, doing his thing, representing that city of Pittsburgh, Sean Payton. Sean Payton, I guess you could say for the moment, He's retired. Uh, Coach Payton, again, 16 seasons with the New Orleans Saints, took the team to their first Super Bowl in franchise history. Him along with Drew Brees, they changed the face of not just that franchise, but the city of New Orleans forever. Just uh, so many great bright moments in this uh, NFL season. Of course, uh, we had uh, some sad moments. Uh, One moment in particular, uh, the passing of John Madden. Of course, John Madden being an ambassador for the game of football, Someone that was a revolutionary, not just in the uh, head coaching field, but also as a broadcaster. And, of course, taking his uh, cachet to the next level in uh, video games, becoming such a pioneer in uh, the video game realm. So uh, rest in peace, Coach Madden. We love you. And, uh, you know, just uh, we'll continue to honor you while, while you know we're here on earth and uh, respecting the game of football. Also, we had um, a lot of arrests. Uh, during this season, um, so tragic what happened with the Henry Ruggs situation as a result of the young lady losing her life in the car crash in Las Vegas. Now, Henry Ruggs' NFL career is basically over with the Alvin Kamara situation uh, during the Pro Bowl weekend. The New Orleans Saints are going to have a lot to deal with in terms of uh, what to do with him going forward during this uh, difficult offseason. Again, with Sean Payton retiring, Dennis Allen becoming the head coach, but now they've got uh, the, the situation to deal with with Alvin Kamara, so so much happening with the Saints, a lot happening happened with the Raiders, including the John Gruden situation, and uh, a big props to Derek Carr. Derek Carr was someone that had to deal with a lot in this 2021 NFL season, and definitely he he stood tall. He stood tall. They say he's a leader amongst leaders. One of the people responsible for the Raiders getting into the playoffs. They lost to the Bengals in the wild card game, but nevertheless, he was um, definitely a trooper and definitely a leader for his team this season. Also, we had uh, comebacks. Dak Prescott coming back from that brutal injury. Joe Burrow coming back from a, a dangerous injury. And they both had solid seasons. Uh, Dak started off strong. He kind of fizzled out towards the end. But nevertheless, he was a candidate for comeback player of the year. Joe Burrow, of course, one of the people responsible for taking the Bengals to the Super Bowl, winning comeback player of the year. So kudos to him. Andrew Whitworth winning the Los Angeles, winning from the Los Angeles Rams, winning the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. 
And, of course, uh, despite all of those things dealing with still in the midst of a pandemic, uh, troubles happening with certain teams, the year ended on a bright note. We had a great Super Bowl halftime show. We had a great uh, game in Inglewood in, in the Super Bowl and in Los Angeles with the Rams and the Bengals. Of course, the Rams come out on top winning the uh, winning Super Bowl 56. And um, just to sum it all up again, 2021 still in the middle of a pandemic. We're getting there, but we, we're not there just yet. And speaking of uh, we're nowhere near as of yet, 2021 can also be marred by a season of hardships, particularly hardships with blackhead coaches. The Rooney Rule has continued to be a failure in the NFL. After the Brian Flores lawsuit, of course, uh, head coach Brian Flores was fired from his position as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And then on top of that, due to, uh, as a result of him being fired, he filed a lawsuit towards the NFL for discriminatory hiring practices and made not only a case for him, but also made a case for other coaches like Eric Bieniemy and Leslie Frazier in his lawsuit. I mean, it was a detailed lawsuit explaining all of the anti-discriminatory, uh, the discriminatory hiring practices that the Miami Dolphins, also the Houston Texans, and the New York Giants that were doing. Those were the teams that he had been in, he had been interviewed uh, by for their open positions. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. We currently only have one black head coach in the National Football League. That's Mike Tomlin from the Pittsburgh Steelers. We only have one Latino coach, and that was, currently we have two black head coaches now: Mike Tomlin and Lovey Smith from the Houston Texans. There's only one Latino coach, and that's Ron Rivera from the Washington Commanders. We have a biracial coach, and that is Mike. I'm trying to see Mike McDaniel, who was the former offensive coordinator for the 49ers. He's now with uh, the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. But this has got to this has got to get better. This has got to get better. I don't know what's it going to take. It may take quite possibly. It could may take maybe uh, fans switching over. And maybe the the league having a work stoppage, I don't know, or maybe we've got the USFL in the spring. The XFL will be premiering in 2023. Um, Canada Canada is also another option as well. It's just a, a lot of things that have been um, happening in terms of the head coaching realm in the NFL as far as black head coaches are concerned. And it's not getting better. It's only getting worse. But the owners have the power. The, it's simple as that. The owners they have the power to make change happen, and the owners are the ones that pay Commissioner Goodell. They're the ones that decide how long he gets to become the commissioner in the NFL. And, you know, it, it, it's just um, I, I don't know what's it going to take. It may, again, it may have to take maybe another, another league, say the USFL and the XFL, to compete with the NFL. It may take – uh, maybe a uh, black NFL or something like that to maybe, you know, I, the, my, my thing is this. Whenever money is lost, people are going to pay attention. If the NFL starts losing money, well, which, I mean, they've, they've, had, they've already lost money during the, uh, the pandemic year of 2020. If the league loses money, then I think they'll pay attention. Because at the end of the day, nothing is a mar- the real marker in all of this. Nothing moves but the money. And the money is a dictator in everything, especially when it comes to business. And if the NFL loses any money, then maybe 
they'll pay attention. Maybe they'll pay attention to hiring more black head coaches and GMs in the league as a result of the Rooney rule. And that's going to do it for the season finale of the league wraparound. Again, big thank you so much to Josh Miller, the host of the Back Row Cincinnati Bingo Show. Uh, the podcast is dedicated to covering content related to the National Football League Cincinnati Bengals. And a big special thank you to you, the listeners out there, for just being with us all season long, getting you on this uh, NFL ride. It's been a great one, and uh, looking forward to next season. And until then, I'm Ed Robinson, and you've been listening to the league wraparound. So long, everyone.